You're listening to the Proteus Leader Show with Erica Anderson, where you'll get practical tools and insights for leading and managing and staying ready for the future. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus, a firm that focuses uniquely on leader readiness. A nationally known executive coach and best-selling author, you may already know her as one of the most popular leadership bloggers on Forbes.com. Ready for something you can use today? Here's Erica. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Proteus Leader Show. My guest today is Benita Fitzgerald Mosley, Olympic gold medalist and CEO of the Loria Sport for Good Foundation USA. Welcome, Benita. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Erica. Always great to speak with you. Yeah. So you've spent your post-Olympics career working as a leader in nonprofits and associations. And over the past couple of months, millions of people have been galvanized to become more active politically and socially. And I thought you could be tremendously helpful to our listeners in giving them some insight into the unique challenges of leading in the not-for-profit arena. So let's get started. How do you think leading a cause-based not-for-profit organization is different from leading in the corporate world? I think the difference between leading a nonprofit and a for-profit company is really your bottom line Mm. is the impact that you're having on the constituents that you serve as opposed to uh, some uh, profit-making endeavor. Mm -hmm. And the currency that you use to measure whether you're having the right impact is the outcomes that you're having and the outcomes that you show based upon the work that you're doing. Uh, Of course, in accordance with the mission of your organization, the vision you've set for where you're trying to take the organization. And ultimately, any nonprofit, whether it's a charity uh, trying to bring clean water to to an underserved uh, community around the world or trying to enhance the professional Uh, skills of someone in an association. Ultimately, it's the impact on some aspect of a person's life. And I think that really is the difference between a a nonprofit and a for-profit company. That's a great distinction. So rather than focusing on, you know, what are our profits this quarter? It's what's our impact this quarter? What impact are we having relative to our mission? Right. And I think um, it's outcomes as opposed to outputs. Mm. Um, We often uh, think in terms of how many people you're serving or um, something like that. But I think ultimately a nonprofit has to think, Again, what difference are we trying to make on the community we're serving? How are we trying to improve their lives? How are we um, ultimately want to be judged based upon are these folks better off having had this not-for-profit in place and the work that's being done um, or not? And Mm -hmm. certainly the number of people served is greater than the number of meals served or the number of toys, you know, distributed or something like that. But, and you want to keep track of that. That's certainly the kind of the volume Mm -hmm. of activity uh, or the number of activities, but you've got to go a little bit deeper than that, uh, both in the short term and the long term. Uh, people talk about longitudinal studies. They talk about evidence-based um, you know, outcomes or impact. And that really means that are you doing the work mm-hmm. to ensure that there's evidence uh, that your, your organization is, is doing the right thing and having the right impact? I'd never thought about it that way, even though I've done a lot of work with nonprofits and associations. It's so clear. So as a leader, then that's what you focus people on. 
Absolutely. Um, you have to determine very much up front, you know, what are we trying to do here? How are yeah. we trying to make an impact? And so, for instance, with Laureus, uh, we have four outcome areas that we are focused on, and that's um, relative to young people. And mm-hmm. we believe very strongly in uh, one of our founding patrons, Nelson Mandela, made this uh, statement at uh, the very first Laureus World Sport Awards, and he said that sport has the power to change the world. Mm-hmm. And so our work really ultimately is trying to prove out that statement. He did that with the um, Invictus Games in, in South Africa many years ago, and uh, he really felt that it brought his country together in ways that other uh, attempts had not done. Mm-hmm. And so all over the world, Laureus uh, supports 100 different projects. In the U.S., uh, we're in 58 states. And ultimately, we want to use t- uh, sport as a tool for social change. And we do that in four areas, health and wellness, mm-hmm. education, employability, and what we call community cohesion. And that really is the ability for, for these children um, and communities a- a- at large to, to get along, basically, mm-hmm. uh, uh, above their differences and to understand how to best integrate into the society in which they live. And I can, as you're talking about those things, Benita, and I know this about you as a person, I can feel your passion for them. And I would think that that would be, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that would be an essential quality for a leader in a not-for-profit to feel that passion, that connection to the mission of the company, if that's what you're really driving toward. To me, that really, uh, for my career, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a trained engineer. I've worked uh, on the fringes of the not-for-profit space, uh, for-profit space, but mostly uh, leading not-for-profit organizations, mm-hmm. uh, many of whom, uh, as you know, if you have corporate sponsors like we do, Daimler and um, Richemont are the two global partners and in, in the North America that uh, IWC watches and, and Mercedes-Benz USA are the, the brand that uh, that support our work here in the United States. They're luxury brands. And mm-hmm. so I have to deal with those corporate CEOs, with their uh, senior leadership. And so I think one of the misnomers about a not-for-profit is that somehow it's not a business. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, those businesses that you're interacting with, for-profit or not-for-profit, expect a certain level of professionalism, business acumen, and they expect you to operate at a, at a high level and really to deliver on the promise um, that you've made to them yeah. and what they've ultimately uh, invested in. Oh, that's so clear. So what what are some of the pitfalls of leading in this way and leading in a nonprofit? And how can people avoid them if they're trying to do this kind of work? So I think it, I'd carry on with the, the last statement I was making about people have kind of a misunderstanding about what not-for-profit means. And what that means is the profits that you make in your uh, through the organization are ultimately funneled back into funding the work um, and, and serving the mission that mm. uh, you have for your organization. It doesn't mean that all the time you never make a so-called profit, that you don't um, have revenues exceed the ex- 
expenses for your organization. If that were the case, there would be no, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that that has right. billions in the bank and and certainly spends uh, many many dollars as well. Uh, there's no prohibition to um, having more revenues than you have expenses. There's no prohibition in having an endowment. Um, a lot of money in the bank that ultimately you just use the interest of to serve the mission um, of the organization. And so I think that's the number one misnomer. And along with that, there's been this prevailing um, mantra, I guess, uh, among not-for-profits for many, many years that somehow the less you spend on administrative costs, the better a nonprofit you are. Yes, yeah. And a lot of nonprofits even have that as they kind of brag about it in their annual statements. Yes, and sometimes you'll see an asterisk that says, "Well, our um, we only have you know we every dollar we spend goes to the mission of our organization." Um, and and there'll be an asterisk that says, um, "However, we have a corporation that has underwritten all of our um, our administrative costs." And so they're not saying they don't have administrative costs; right. they're saying that someone has underwritten them. Um, and so. What I'm saying is that just like any business, most most for-profit businesses operate at about, you know, 45, 50 percent of their costs go to run the business mm-hmm. uh, at hand. Uh, it goes to the sales team or or paying for, you know, the manufacturing of the product or service that they um, that they produce. And for not-for-profits, they hold us to a somehow a different standard. And so what I'm saying is not that you should spend 90% of every dollar, you know, uh, beefing up the salaries of the employees. What I'm saying is that in order to produce the impact that an organization is promising to produce and those outcomes uh, that I spoke about earlier, you have to invest in uh, your organization in building the capacity to be able to deliver that. Yeah. And that includes hiring the best staff people that you can find. Um, it includes uh, the marketing and uh, sales effort to to bring in the revenue that you need in order to um, in order to serve your mission. And so there the not-for-profits should not be, uh, ashamed or apologetic about building its own capacity in order to serve the constituents. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like what I'm getting from what you're saying is that a, a huge pitfall for people trying to build or lead a nonprofit is to think that you don't have to be um, have business savvy and be fiscally responsible in the same way as you would if you were leading a profit-based organization because you still have to be able to achieve your mission by taking in resources, using them wisely, dispersing them well. Exactly right. So my last question, I think, is very important. So many people today are concerned about human rights, social justice, but to your earlier point about impact, they don't know how to have an impact, even as individuals, as leaders or as individuals. So what advice would you offer people about how to lead the way and make a difference in the world right now? I think finding that cause, you have to still connect to your passion. Um, You still have to find something that you really, truly believe in. And then, um, you know, find a way that fits into your life and your your kind of schedule. Uh, If you become a slave to it, sometimes the enjoyment uh, leaves and and then you're not as, you're having the impact that you probably want to have. And so 
you know, you've got to find something that certainly fits in your lifestyle. Possibly, if you're an accountant, then you can, you know, help do the books for a not-for-profit. It doesn't have to necessarily be rolling up your sleeves, planting trees. Mm. Um, It could be something that really does uh, coincide with the talents, your interests, and your passion. That's great. So find a cause that's really important to you and an organization that's that you can connect with. And especially, I love the advice to see if they have a need for your particular skills or, or your particular gifts. So that combination of what you're passionate about and organization and what you are uniquely suited to give. I love that. I would also, also say that it, it doesn't have to be a volunteer position. Um, many people like myself have made, you know, great careers working for -for not-for-profit organizations. And certainly some organizations are fledgling with small budgets and can't afford to pay very high salaries. There are many others that pay very competitive salaries. Mm. And, um, most not-for-profits still need, uh, an accountant. They still need someone to do operations. They still need, in many cases, an HR professional, professional. They still need a marketing person, a fundraising person, you know, sales. Uh, some have licensed merchandise. Yeah. Um, passionate about a cause. Don't, don't put aside the idea of maybe making that your career as well. Absolutely. That's great. So thank you so much, Benita. This is, uh, I love your insights. I think this will be truly helpful to people. And uh, for those of you listening, if you're interested in finding out more about developing all of the core capabilities of being a good leader in any realm, um, I encourage you to go to proteusleader.com backslash topics and just explore what you find there. So thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, here's to creating the life that you most want. We hope you're feeling better equipped to create the career, the business, and the life you want. For more insights and tools for leadership and management, join us at ProteusLeader.com. Have an excellent day, and thanks for listening.